You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. To honor all copyright restrictions, certain elements have been edited out of this message. Our scripture this morning comes to us from Galatians chapter 5, and I'm reading just kind of selected verses uh, from that. Paul writes to the church, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You were running so well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. I am confident about you in the Lord that you will not think otherwise. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. For those uh, you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love and uh, but through love become servants to one another. For the whole law is summed up in the commandment: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by each other. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are, as we say together, Amen. So when I was in college and working in a coffee shop, our only refuge from slow moments in the day was our CD player. And, like, keep in mind that this is before the days of Bluetooth and streaming services, so it was an honest-to-goodness CD player. And during business hours, we were allowed to play one CD in that CD player. It was called Linda's Mix. And, yes, my boss's name was Linda. And of all the songs I listened to over and over and over and over and over again during my shifts at the coffee shop, the one that I liked the best was John Mayer's Waiting on the World to Change. If memory serves me, which, uh, serves me correctly, which it usually doesn't, this song came on after a couple of, like, snoozers. And so I was really excited when this song came on. This song was, for me, and what the, the kids would say today, a bop that slaps. This was a good song. This is a song that I actually really enjoyed. And maybe I'm overselling it, but it was a great time when that song came on. And because I had to listen to that song over and over and over and over and over again, I started to not like just the music, but I also liked the lyrics as well. And so I'm going to have the back there play a little snippet of the song this morning. So we keep on waiting. Waiting on the world to change. And like, let's keep in mind that this song came out in 2006, but just kind of a question for you this morning. How many of us that are, that are not angsty college sophomores still feel the same way? We keep on waiting. Waiting on the world to change. The Apostle Paul as we discussed in the last couple of weeks, has been waiting on the world to change. And not waiting on the world to change, waiting on the Galatians to change. The Apostle Paul has been waiting on the Galatians to change. 
again. Because for the Apostle Paul, when he was there, when he was among the Galatians, he had to wait for them to change. He had to wait for them to awaken to the reality of, the, of their faith, and they had to awaken to the free gift that was God's grace made known in Jesus Christ. As we know from our own lives, faith doesn't just happen overnight. The Apostle Paul could not walk into Galatia and wave a magic wand and then poof the church to the Galatians into existence. He had to wait. He had to wait for them to change. He had to wait for them to get it. He had to walk into the synagogue of the Jewish community of Galatia. And while because he was who he was, he may have had the right to speak from the very start, he may not have had the right to be heard at the start. So he had to consistently go to the synagogue, consistently go to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jews in the community, to the pagans in the community, to anybody who would listen. He had to wait patiently as people had questions. He had to deal with their pushback. And even after they started to get it, Paul still had to wait for the Galatians to change. He had to wait for them to develop some depth to their faith, some roots to their faith. He had to wait for them for, to, have their, to, to have their attitudes and, and actions affected by Jesus. And for Paul, the waiting paid off. Because for a while, for a season, for a time, the church in Galatia did all the things that Paul had taught them to do. They followed the gospel. They believed in Jesus for a while. If only those who were preaching a false gospel would have stayed away. Because these false teachers had an influence on these young Christians in Galatia that had no real roots to their faith. And the church changed again. They submitted to a yoke of slavery. They forgot everything. They abandoned what Paul taught them. You were running so well, Paul said. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? And so Paul tells them about the nature of Christian freedom. Paul teaches them the importance of Christian service. And Paul implores them to stand firm in their faith. To stand firm in their faith in the way that Paul taught them and not how others had taught them. And if they did this, if they stood firm in their faith, it would lead them to a faithfulness to Jesus' mission. It would lead them to a faithfulness in the Great Commission. If they stood firm in their faith, their faith would change them irrevocably. They would not change again. If they stood firm in their faith, they would hold all the power that they needed to transform the world around them. Stand 
firm, Paul says. Stand firm. Paul was waiting for the church to change so that they would know the freedom that they had in Jesus Christ, the extent of the freedom they had in Jesus Christ, the extent that they had the ability and the permission and even the expectation from Jesus to transform the world around them. But the Galatians needed to change themselves first. And it is so easy to sit here today and to judge these baby Christians who got distracted. But the reality is in our own lives is that sometimes we need to change ourselves first. No matter how deep the roots of our faith are. We may be waiting on the world to change, but sometimes it isn't the world that needs changing. Sometimes what needs changing is us. Maybe we've gotten distracted and we've started to worry about those unwritten rules of Christianity. Maybe we've gotten distracted by our own circumstances. Maybe we've grown tired of doing good, as Paul warns against the church in Galatians chapter 6. Maybe we've submitted to a yoke of slavery once again. Maybe we've been disheartened by our past attempts to transform ourselves, or maybe even past attempts to change the world that just didn't go anywhere. Maybe it is our time to hear and to heed the words of Paul and to stand firm in our faith and to stand firm in our commitment to doing everything that Jesus calls us to do. Friends, when we embrace our freedom to stand firm, we embrace the reality that we are called to alter life's landscape. We are called to change the world. The apostles of Jesus Christ turned the world upside down so that it could be right side up. Throughout our history as Christian people, martyrs have faced down the powers and principalities to the point of death as a way of proclaiming Jesus as their Savior. Brave missionaries have carried the story of the gospel into faraway places. And ordinary laypersons have been empowered by the freedom that they have found in the risen Jesus, and they have become extraordinary as they've joined the struggle for justice for the downtrodden, as they've brought help to the helpless, and as they have worked to eradicate prejudice. While we may be stuck in 2006 waiting for the world to change, Sometimes change is up to us. So let me ask this question. When you look around the world, when you look at the world around you, what do you see that because of your faith in Jesus needs to be changed? What do you see that needs to be changed? Let me ask you this question too. Did this question get harder after Tuesday? When I started thinking about this message series and thinking about this question in particular, I envisioned talking about the war in Ukraine 
I envision talking about our divided political landscape and racism. I envision talking about the economy, talking about the pandemic, and talking about the particular skill that the Chicago Cubs have to give up a lead in the eighth inning. We've done it a lot this season. But then Tuesday happened. Then this sermon got harder. An 18-year-old walked into Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, and the rest is a part of our tragic history. When you look around the world, what do you see that needs to be changed? How about working towards a world where mass shooting events don't happen? Or that they happen so infrequently that we're actually shocked when they're reported on the news? And i got to be honest with you, I don't have the answers. But I just wonder what would change if we stood firm in our faith in Jesus and we took our freedom to change that which doesn't align with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being a Christian who is set free by the resurrection of Jesus Christ means allowing ourselves to be claimed by God, shaped and formed by Jesus, and made into his image. When we embrace our freedom in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we become a new person to live in the world like never before. We are put here on earth to make it different and to make it better and to make it more Christ-like. And so, friends, in Christ, let us stop waiting, waiting on the world to change, and let us do the work of changing, even if that just means changing us. Would you pray with me? Risen Jesus, our hearts are heavy because we see a need for you in the world. And we don't necessarily know how exactly to go about making that happen. We see hurt and pain and death and destruction. We just simply ask for your voice to speak into our lives, that we may speak into the world on your behalf in such a way that it changes. Change us, and through us, change the world. This is our hope. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.